Welcome to Life Church of Mobile's audio podcast. We hope that this teaching will challenge you in any season of life you may be in. Thanks for joining us and enjoy. Amen. Let's celebrate Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's celebrate him. Bow your heads with me. Father, we love you. We thank you so much for your awesome grace. Thank you, Lord, for the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing, not only today, but even in our future. Thank you, Lord God, for that which needs to be closed is closed, and that which needs to be opened is opened, and no man can shut it. Father, give us now courage and confidence and boldness to walk through when we ought to walk through. We thank you now for clarity of heart, clarity of thought, clarity of speech to declare boldly what you have for us today. In Jesus' name, everybody said, hallelujah. Give your neighbor a high five. Let them know you love them. No matter what. All right. (laughs) Start with a challenge. Amen. We want to take this opportunity to thank our pastors for the privilege to stand before you on these Sunday mornings. We don't take it for granted. Thank God for the opportunity. Would you give your pastors a wonderful hand clap? Let them know that you love them, that you appreciate them for all that God is doing. Come on, you got to do it like you mean it now. Amen. That you appreciate them. For all that God is doing through them, thank you for that. Amen. So we want to share real briefly this morning for the next 20 minutes or so uh, with you on the topic of Holy Communion. And most of us in here have probably heard and, and even experienced and have had it gone through. Sometimes it bears repeating, but then sometimes the Lord will give us something that maybe we never did see before. So if you have your Bibles with you, they probably should have it on the screen for you as well. But we're going to read from 1 Corinthians chapter number 11, verse number 17, all the way through to verse number 30. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse number 17 through to verse number 30. Paul is the author and he's writing to the church at Corinth. He'd already visited the church and established some things, and now he's writing his first letter to the church, mainly to correct some things that he had heard about. Here we pick it up in the 17th verse. Paul says, Now in giving these instructions, I do not praise you, since you came together not for the better, but for the worse. For first of all, when you came together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you, and in part, I believe it. For there must also be factions among you, that those who are approved may be recognized among you. Therefore, when you come together in one place, it is not to eat the Lord's Supper. For in eating, say that, in eating. All right. For in eating, each one takes his own supper ahead of the others. And consequently, one is hungry and the other is drunk. What? Do you not have houses to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God and shame those that have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I do not praise you. 
Verse 23, for I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. So it was something that he was rehearsing to them that he had already did in their midst. He says, the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as oft as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the death or the Lord's death till he comes. 27. Therefore, whoever eats this bread and drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let every man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. Verse 29, for he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner, eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Verse number 30, for this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep, or they die prematurely. We know in Paul's writing to the Corinthian brethren that he had some challenges to deal with in the first letter that he wrote. So much so that before he wrote the second letter, he was wondering, oh man, I wonder how they took that. Because he had to correct some things that he heard about, some hard things in this uh, peninsula called Corinth and this church that God so graciously, graciously birthed in a debaucherous society. And in reading this, I was reminded of an incident that took place with me when I was growing up in Canada. I was in junior high school. And just travel way back with me, I'm in junior high school, and it's lunchtime. And my house wasn't too far from the school where we could just walk home for lunch and then come back. And we do that every day, me and my brothers and some of our friends who lived in the same neighborhood. And so this one particular day, one of my closest friends who was in my class said to me, he said, hey, man, we got, uh, we got to come to school early after lunch because we got, I don't remember what it was, some activity that we were in. And he said, let's, I heard that there's this new Jamaican restaurant in the projects which our school was right beside. He said, let's go over there and just get some lunch and we can be at school real quick. I had money in my pocket. I said, sounds good to me. So we begin to walk through this project. We had been through this project, I mean, for years. So we knew it inside out. He led me to the store and I noticed while we were walking through the projects that I could smell the Jamaican food. I knew I was getting close. It was really, really good. And I began to just from the smells know exactly what they had in the store. You ever been there? Associate with the smells or certain things? So as I got closer to the store, I saw that there were people laughing as they got closer to the store. And as I would get closer, the laughter got louder and louder. So as I was walking in, me and my friend getting close to the store, beside the store there was an eight-foot wall. It was about two feet wide, eight feet tall, and then the store was right beside it. And as I got close, I saw that there was an individual sitting on that wall, kind of like Humpty Dumpty. 
And I mean, he was just eating, his mouth was full, and he was just speaking, and I couldn't hear what he was saying, but people as they passed him would laugh. And the closer I got to him, I said, hey, I know who that is. Turns out it was a gentleman in our same class. He was sitting on the wall, he was eating, and folks, as they passed him, they were laughing. And I was wondering what's going on. So as the closer we got, we heard what he was saying. And I'm not going to insult your intelligence, what he was speaking in Jamaican. If I did it, you wouldn't understand it. But I'll try and translate it to English. Here's what he said with his handful of patty and cocoa bread and bun and cheese in the other hand. Those are delicacies in Jamaica, y'all. And he's just... Mm-mm. And he said, he said this, he said, all who, I'm going to say it in English, all who don't ask, don't want. And all who beg, aren't going to get any. Now, if I said it in Jamaican to a Jamaican ear, how we say it, it's very comical, even though the message says, if you get any of what I got, it's purely because I choose to give it to you not based on what you ask for. Let me see if I can make it more simpler. All who don't ask me for this are telling me they don't want any. But all who beg me for this, shame on you, you're not getting any either. And in Jamaican, there's a way to say it that is really cool. No. So, so, the story goes that when we got close to it, I heard him say it, and immediately laughter came out. Because the way how you say it in Jamaica, it's funny, it's comical. But I never, ever forgot it. I never forgot it. To this day, I never forgot it. And as I was thinking about that, I realized that the spirit of what he was saying was, what I have, you ain't getting none of it. That selfishly, this is mine, and I'm going to rule you out on both extremes of trying to get what I got. That's what he was saying in a comical way. And we laughed. We went in the store. We got our provisions, and we left. But I never, ever forgot that. Because here was an individual, by the way, who a lot of people in our school knew him because he was one of the most notorious bullies in our school. And our school was not um, leave it to beaver. We were in the worst part, Jane and Finch Corridor, the worst part of Toronto in terms of crime, violence, drugs, etc., etc., etc. So when stuff went, in, our, in other words, in our school, stuff went down. People got stabbed, beat up, all that, threatened to get shot, that kind of stuff when we grew up. But if, you, if they knew you in the community, you were safe because they knew you. Whether you were good, bad, or indifferent, they just, oh, that's Drew, he good. So when we saw him there making his jokes, laughing and eating, we knew who he was. Either there was fear in your heart or don't ask him because you're afraid or simply because he was an intelligent guy. He was just a bad dude. I never forgot that, hearing what he said. And you know, this is what Paul faced when he heard what was happening in Corinth with the church. He heard that some folks were gathering or the church would gather together every Sunday like we are and they would have a feast in the evening and during the feast, at the end of their feast, they would have communion. But the story that Paul heard was that 
folks weren't behaving right during communion and during the feast. There were Jews and there were Gentiles and Corinth was one of the wealthiest places on the planet. And folks had a lot of provisions and then there were folks who didn't have anything. And as they gathered together, some folks were drunk because they had so much while others had nothing. So what happened, Paul had to deal with it. And he said, I don't praise you in this. Y'all ain't taking the Lord's Supper. Don't you have places where you can go and eat? And then he begins to rehearse to them what he established in the church of Corinth that he got from Jesus by revelation. And he goes on and he says, I received this from the Lord, which I now deliver to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, he gave thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me in the same manner also he took the cup, so on and so forth, and he said to do it, when you drink it, do it in remembrance of me. They weren't doing that. They were having all who want, you ain't getting. And all who don't want, they didn't ask. So I'm not giving them. They were being really selfish. And they were putting themselves ahead of others. And they were causing people who didn't have to feel a little bit embarrassed that they didn't have. And Paul had to deal with this. And he deals with it in such a manner where I'm going to take off from this right now. There was consequences to what they were doing wrong that would begin to spread throughout the church and the community. Not just the schisms and the factions, but folks were being weak, physically sick, and many were dying prematurely. And it all was tied back to something that Jesus instituted for the body of Christ to rid them from the affliction of the world, weakness, sickness, and spiritual death. So Paul began to say that you are not discerning the Lord's body when you partake of this. And we got to look at this because not only with the blood, most Christians, including the Corinthian church, understood or knew what it meant to discern the blood. They knew that. Most Christians know that because Christians get saved, know that we are saved by the, by the blood. So we can understand drinking the wine to discern that this is the blood that redeems me from sin. They had no trouble understanding that. These were Jews, these were Gentiles. Jews had no trouble understanding that blood sacrifice removes all sin. These Gentiles were Corinthians, and these Corinthians were heathenistic Corinthian Gentiles who knew that sacrifices to all their gods would redeem them or remit certain things in their lives. They understood the blood. But what they didn't understand was the bread. They didn't understand the bread, and they were misappropriating 
and not redeeming or not understanding what the bread represents. Now, we here in church, we understand what the bread represents. We know that the bread and the blood represents certain things. Quite simply, the blood represents us being redeemed from sin. Jesus' blood washes us from all sin. Yes? Past, present, and future. We're redeemed. His blood was shed. But what about the bread? The bread, we understand, speaks of healing. And this is what Paul now began to drive home and what I'm going to drive home to us here. It's elementary. It might be something that we have rehearsed, but it's good to hear it over and over again. The bread is for our healing. The bread is for our healing. In Matthew chapter 26, verse number 26, Jesus says this. This is one of the uh, accounts, Matthew's account of the Holy Communion. He says, he says, take, eat. This is my body. He's having what we call the Lord's Supper, this last communion with the apostles. The 12 apostles are around him. And as they're dining in, he takes this bread he blesses it, he breaks it, he gives it to the apostles piece by piece, and he says, guys, take, eat, this is my body. What you got to understand is that the apostles had no problem discerning what that bread represented. Because they, when Jesus said, this is my body, they knew who Jesus was and they knew what his body represented how they never saw him sick never they never saw him weak he never pulled peter james and john aside and said now look i'm supposed to go up here and preach what they're going to call in the future uh the sermon on the mount i ain't feeling too good today i need y'all to just three y'all just go ahead and take care of that thing never did they never saw Jesus laden with the flu. They never saw, in fact, it was the total opposite. They saw everywhere that Jesus went, he was anointed by the Holy Spirit, and everybody who came to him went away better than how they came to him unless they were self-righteous. Amen. So when Jesus said, take, eat, this is my body, instantly they reflected on how was his body. His body was strong. His body was vigorous. Life flowed from his body so that folks would just come and touch the hem of his garment and they would be made whole. If you could touch the hem of his garment and be made well, what if you touched his body? So when Jesus broke that bread, he was saying, take, eat, this is my body. Not talking about transubstantiation here where he himself is a symbol of all that Jesus is was now in the bread. Healing, wholeness, strength, deliverance, vitality, it's all in the bread. And he took that and he said, take fellas, eat, this is my body. And immediately they knew, wow, 
This is his, this is his body. And every time I partake of this body, I get a piece of his longevity, a piece of his wholeness, a piece of his healing, a piece of his wellness. That's why God didn't put any limitations on how often you should take his body. He said, as often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. No side effects, no overdose, just health and wholeness and vitality and strength and victory. It's all in the blood and in the bread. Touch your neighbor and say, it's in the blood, it's in the bread. They had no trouble discerning it, but throughout the years, the enemy has crept in. And even in the first century church, he began to cause folks to see themselves more important than the bread and the wine. And began to fight for the table. And Jesus had instituted something that Paul had to remind them of. Here is your victory. It's in this bread. Well, Brother Andrew, is it really Jesus in the bread? Is my strength and my healing really in the bread? Mark chapter 7, verse number 26 through 28 tells of a story. A lady, a Syrophoenician lady, she was a Gentile. She wasn't a Jew. She's sometimes referred to as a Canaanite woman. Mark 7, 26 through 28. She heard that Jesus was in a place, a remote place, Tyre and Sidon, and she had an issue. The issue wasn't with her, but it was with her child. Her child was possessed by a demon, tormented by this demon, such to the point that this lady had no other course but to find Jesus, who was the answer. When she came to Jesus, finally she said, Lord, help me, help my child. Jesus responded to her, and he says this, he says, it is not good for me to take the children's bread and cast it Y'all remember the story? And cast it to the dogs or to the little dogs or the little puppies. She got it and she instantly said, oh, but, but Jesus, sometimes those little puppies sit underneath the children's table and the crumbs that fall there, they'll lap that up. And Jesus said, oh, woman, great is your faith. Let's break this down. Jesus said something there to answer our question. Is it really healing in this bread? Jesus said to her, it's not good for me to give you or dogs the children's bread. What was Jesus referring to? What was she seeking answers that question? She came to Jesus seeking what? Healing for her daughter. Wasn't even her. It was for somebody else. And Jesus says, it's not good for me to give you the children's bread. The children's bread referred to the Jews who which Jesus was called to serve originally, but they rejected him. So what was for them, the healing or the children's bread, Jesus was eventually going to open the door for the Gentiles. She just was at the front of the line. I wonder if I got anybody who wants to be at the front of the line. Here I am, Jesus. I may 
be sick, but somebody in my household needs this bread. And so Jesus says to her, the children's bread or the healing that you seek is in the bread. Touch your neighbor and say, it's in the bread, it's in the bread, it's in the bread, it's in the bread. Immediately her daughter was made whole. Sometimes it's immediate, sometimes it's over a process of time, but the bottom line is, it's in the bread that represents the healing virtue of Jesus. I love this, man. I love it. So here's the thing. If we don't discern, we discern the blood. The blood, the blood I mean, that's class one. We discern the blood. We know that the blood washes us from all sins. But it's this bread, man. I'm not trying to be washed from all my sins and just go to heaven. We got purpose. And a healthy, strong, vital body, living long and living strong, is a witness to the bread. So I want this bread, everything that I heard Pastor say, everything that Jesus has accomplished for me at the cross, I'm in line for it. I want that bread. So we've got to now discern the Lord's body. What does it mean to discern the Lord's body? How many of us go around talking to our friends, man, did you discern that football game? No. Simply put, to discern the Lord's body is to recognize or realize or understand what it means. Discern simply means recognize or understand. Get it. So to discern the Lord's body is for me to recognize what does this body or this bread represent for me? Is it just food to put in my belly and the wine to get drunk? Or is there a greater meaning behind it? Simply put, that's what Paul was reminding them of. The bread is for our healing. Say that. The bread Say mine. The bread is for It's for our healing. Jesus said in verse 27, Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself and so let him eat the bread and drink this cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning, get that, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, one reason, many are weak, sick, and die prematurely. Not discerning the Lord's body. In other words, Jesus gave the antidote to the curse of sickness, weakness, and living a short, unfulfilled life in the bread, in his body. Everybody who contacted the body of Jesus walked away healthy, strong, and vitality rich. It's such a word. (laughs) Huh? It's in the bread. It's in the bread. Watch this. So he says, Paul says this, and this is where many translations and including myself has missed it for years. 
Therefore, whoever eats this bread and drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner, the King James Version, which I loved and read for years, I think got it partially right here because the King James says, whoever does it unworthily is guilty. And the misunderstanding, unworthily is not wrong, but it could be misunderstood as speaking to the individual, the person. And because we are already sin conscious, it's another layer or another pouring in the bucket of sin consciousness. Am I worthy to partake of this communion? And what do you instantly do? You instantly start thinking about what you did right or what you did wrong. And many times, including myself growing up, I wouldn't take it when I had some bad days. Because I didn't want to be guilty. But let me tell you how I rationalize it. In my ignorance and not understanding scripture, unworthily I would look around and see who's taking it. And if I gauged that, hmm, I got them, so I guess I'm okay. Y'all don't get mad at me. Don't get mad at me. Until the Lord began to shine the light on unworthily, I was just hoping I could squeak in. Maybe he didn't see me because he got all these folks and I know they stuff. So I began to judge. I began to measure myself against everybody else who was taking it. Mama didn't raise no fool, y'all. I knew if there were folks worse than me, I'd at least say, Jesus, what about him? Young kid, I told you I grew up in a name. Anyway, that didn't work either because I love the church I grew up with. Uh, don't get me wrong. It was a great church. Glorietta, you know the area. It was a great church, man. These folks nurtured me and raised me up. But there were some things, just like the first century church, that needed to be corrected. Unworthily here is better translated just like the New King James and some of these other trans in an unworthy manner an unworthy way. It has nothing to do with you, you, the person, but it has everything to do with how are you discerning the blood and the bread? Do you understand what this blood and what this bread remembers or is a memorial of? So Paul says it, therefore, whoever eats this bread and drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy or unworthily. Look at the word unworthily. Unworthily is an adverb. An adverb is a word that modifies the verb. Adverb modifies the verb. What's the verb here? Exactly. Takes. It's an action. The verb is an action word. What was the action they were doing? The eating and the drinking. It was not the person, but this unworthily was addressing the way in which you were doing the verb, the eating and the drinking. So unworthily, it's right, but it could be misunderstood thinking that I'm doing it unworthy because I'm sinful or I made a mistake wrong. What it had everything 
to do with is, are you doing it discerning the Lord's or understanding the Lord's blood and his body? Has nothing to do with your sins. Hear me good. Has nothing to do with whether you're a member of a local denomination. Hear me better. Has everything to do with what Jesus did for you and for me. Jesus solved the sin problem once and for all. One sacrifice for sin forever. And then he sat down at the right hand of God until his enemies are made his footstool. I don't have to worry about my sins. Jesus paid it all. God went all in for my sins. And he said, son, daughter, I want you to fulfill your purpose. I want you to walk out your life healthy, strong, and living long. And so I'm going to give you something to remind you of that every time you take this blood and you take this cup or this bread, you will remind yourself that I was never sick. I was never weak. I was never in frail. I only became that so that you don't have to be. It's in the bread. It's in the blood. It's in the bread. It's in the blood. It's in the bread. It's in the blood. Do I have to have Pastor Scotty around for me to take it, Brother Andrew? If you can get you a Bible and you can read or you can listen to some good teaching, Brother, you don't have to have any letters behind your name. Sister, you don't have to have a thing around your collar. All you need is a piece of bread or cracker or something and some kind of juice. It could even be water if you don't have juice. Take it! And discern it. Because you discern the Lord's body, It will result in strength, health, and a long, vigorous life. Nothing wrong with exercise, nothing wrong with medicine, nothing wrong with all those things. But how many know sometimes those things don't get it all? Nothing wrong with them. I'm all for it. But the blood and the bread have no negative side effects. <laughs> it's a threefold cord that cannot be broken. You will be well for sickness. You will be strong for weakness. You will live long for dying prematurely when you tie and discern what he said to what he did. Not discerning or not understanding the Lord's body results in eating in an unworthy manner. Let's say it again. Not discerning, not recognizing, not understanding the Lord's body. That's what results in eating or drinking in an unworthy manner. Not your sins. Never your sins. Jesus dealt with your sins. He is never the author of guilt and condemnation. God knows when these days came around years ago, I would feel a little bit. Mm. But you got to renew your mind with the truth. Y'all getting this? Luke 22 helped me a few weeks, months ago. 
I asked the Lord a question. Because I said, Lord, when we discern months ago, when we discern the Lord's body, is it your body? I'll tell you, it's progressive. Is it your body after the cross? Or is it your body before the cross? I had to ask the Lord this. Because I, I wanted to, I always try to shore up my belief. And some weeks went by, some weeks went by. And then I was just casually reading the Bible and I stumbled across Luke 22, verse number 15. I forgot about the question. And as I read Luke 22, which is, uh, again, Luke's representation of this communion, Jesus said this to him. He had his apostles in that upper room. They were taking communion. And he says, then he said to them, the apostles, with fervent desire, passion, I desired, I have desired to eat this Passover with you. And these three words stuck out. Before I suffer. And bing. Again, I said, yes. So the apostles were reassured that his body represented before he suffered. Because you know what? You can think, and I've heard the teaching, look, man, Jesus went through all that pain. He was beaten. He was, you ain't no better than Jesus. You're supposed to suffer. You're supposed to be whipped. You're supposed to be beaten. Not in this Bible. Jesus said, I've desired to partake of this Passover before I suffer so that your memory of me will be seeing me well and strong and living vigorously and people coming and receiving health and healing and wholeness. Again, it reassured my faith that it's in his body that represents his vitality and his wholeness. Even demons, because this lady's child was possessed with demons. Even demons got to bow to the power of the bread. What did she have? Crumbs. Just crumbs. Even a crumb will tell the devil, get out! And never come back. Let's close it off, and then I hand over back to Pastor Scotty. Here's what I wrote. Therefore, taking or ingesting the bread that was blessed, that was broken, and that was given for you and me, it meant then, and it means today, that Jesus was and is imparting to you and to me his strength for weakness, his health for sickness, and his wholeness and vitality for premature death for our physical and mortal bodies. Amen, 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 amen. Thanks again for listening to Live Church of Mobile's podcast. If you would like to find out more about our church, you can visit us at livechurchmobile.com.